Loud shouts of hear hear greeted this pronouncement. The orator continued, What is political power? Legitimacy of political power is not a matter of the beliefs or the popularity of the government. It deals with the ubiquitous factor in politics which invests power with authority. When citizens actively participate in it, legitimacy is assured to the extent that the political relationships and processes promoted by the system of power are responsive to the forces created by the system of production. In order to be legitimate, power must find an operative ideological justification. Divine right of the kings, mandate of heavens, principle of democratic consent or dictatorship of the proletariat. But functional validity comes from economic and social forces and needs with it political institutions and relationships. The erosion of legitimacy generally marks the increasing shift from citizens obeying authority to rebelling against it. Revolutionaries challenge the system's title to rule. They seek new bases of authority in a new political and economic arrangement. Power is pluralistically divided between local tribal and religious leaders and other state officials. Quite a number of students had gathered to hear this youth. A young woman whispered to another, "You know, he is Jyotirmoy Guha. He was president of the students' union several years back. He has come to campaign. Isn't he dynamic? I just love the way he looks." Yes, look look at his French beard. It gives him just the right professorial look. I'll definitely vote for him. Lakshman's head was feeling light, so he asked, "So this is how democracy works?" He was immediately shushed down. The girls looked at him with frowning disapproval. Meanwhile, Jyotirda, as he was popularly called, continued, "We face a revolutionary challenge. In the third world today, history and technology have intensified injustices and tensions which earlier produced peasant rebellions the basic drive is not merely the fulfillment of limited goals of raising the per capita income but the transformation of society and within it of all relationships between classes and individuals the elite and the masses minorities and dominant majorities and between men and women the speech met with thunderous applause and much slogan shouting Lakshman was almost trampled by a tall sturdily built girl who appeared in a hurry to get out of the meeting. Seeing him yelping with pain she stopped and was full of remorse. "Oh, so sorry. I had to give these notes to Rameshwar. He has to submit his term paper today." With that she dashed off as Lakshman sat quietly nursing his toe. She came back. "Really sorry. I stepped on your toe. It was too crowded, you see. Hello. Are you new here?" No, I came to visit my brother Shri Ram who's a research student in the economic center. Yes, yes, I know him. The quiet and dreamy boy. Yes, he sang a very nice old Sanskrit shlok set on a modern tune. Udit accompanied him on the guitar for the freshers welcome party. She informed him. What's your name? I'm Mumal from Jaipur. Lakshman. Wow, what a pair, Ram and Lakshman. Mumal was not making fun or trying to be polite. She was truly reverential. Her eyes filled with tears. Kya hua? Lakshman was alarmed. Oh, back home my mother has a pair of idols of Sri Ram and Lakshman, gifted to her by the Rajmata. We are related to her and she is very fond of my parents. During the emergency, you know, they put her in jail. Here Mumal could no longer restrain herself and started weeping. They say that ancient hidden wealth was unearthed in the fort, Lakshman asked. Mumal looked up sharply. Ah, you're not as innocent as you look. 
No, nothing was found although the cops tried to break open the famed underwater tank. Worst was they came and searched us and took away the Ram Lakshman idols. Luck has deserted us and things are just not the same. Bhagchand sidled by and with an interested appearance exclaimed, "It's sad that the wealth was shifted moments before the cops came. Someone had tipped her off." Mumal gave a fiery glance and walked off. "Yaar, you're quite a hit with the girls, I must say," Bhagchand declared, thumping Lakshman on the back. "She would never talk to me and you're not even a student." The obvious envy made Lakshman hurry to catch the nearest bus. "I have to go," he mumbled to a dumbfounded Bhagchand. The bus was jam-packed and Lakshman found it found it hard to even breathe. The bus tilted precariously at one corner and several students hanging on the last step appeared in danger of getting crushed underneath it. But miraculously, as the bus righted itself, the young men survived. This was the only bus coming from the hostels to the lower campus where the classes were held. As he alighted, he spotted Sri Ram sitting with some foreign students. Bhai, this bus ride is tough. How do you manage? Lakshman seemed rather fraught. Sri Ram smiled serenely. It's worse at lunch break when again all students go back to the hostels for lunch. I walk most days. Even in the mornings, I try to avoid the bus. Probably better ways of killing can be devised, commented Lakshman. Bhai, I must go now that you are better. With that, he touched his brother's feet and walked on. Was that your brother Mahmood the blonde stocky Iranian student asked Sri Ram Farzana the delicate large eyed girl smiled why did he touch your feet Sri Ram said he is returning home it's a mark of respect to elders the way Lakshman bowed to me The other young man with them declared Lakshmi Narayan has promised to take me to his village he lives on the outskirts of Delhi Ah you're so lucky you will get to see the real India Shanaz commented Chiranjeev stated there isn't any one India various sections of society who live in different centuries is India people from the 17th 18th or the 19th centuries coexist look at me i'm a farmer's son my brother was a very bright student and he's now an ips officer he helped my sister and me in our higher studies now when we go back home we are uncomfortable with the rigid conditions imposed on us we would much rather go to my brother's home for the vacations The others looked at him sympathetically, spoken like a true sociologist. But an in India does exist which is moneyed and has a voice and is heard. Like the rich landlord, successful businessman and of course civil servants, the steel backbone of our modern India. All eyes turned to the young lady with short hair, perfect roses and cream cream complexion called Ragini Pant. Farzana, do you know that Chiranjeevi's brother was the cop who arrested all the opposition leaders under the emergency? This was met with total disbelieving silence. Yes, it's true. My brother was in Delhi and he was just carrying out his duty. Chiranjeevi was defiant. Now it's the turn of the present leaders who were in the opposition at that time to give commands for arrests. Don't you see the cops arresting Mrs. G? A cop can only do his duty. The loathing was palpable. Chiranjeevi was not a well-liked person. Farzana and Shahnaz were whispering. Yes, even we have the dreaded secret police. So many young men are missing. We cannot dare to ask. But policemen are disliked universally. Ragini was waving to some other young man and she walked away. 
Pagani fails to tell that she is a granddaughter of the famous politician who was imprisoned during the time. She is distressed that he didn't get a party ticket to contest elections. They said he was too old. They didn't give it to her father either. He was dismissed as a novice. Mehmooda laughed. Yes, all these politicians only want power, and if by chance they have been to jail, they seize themselves as martyrs. Shivani, a quiet girl with glasses, stated, "It's not only the political leaders who face the wrath. All the press was under surveillance. Even my dad, who worked for a London-based newspaper and basically covered the diplomatic corps, felt the heat." She threatened to imprison him if he dared to ask any uncomfortable questions or report anything that was unfavorable about her. In fact, my father, for all his tough exterior, was laid up in bed with heart trouble. We are only three sisters, and I am the eldest. Shiram was infected by the fear. Is your father all right now? Shivani smiled, and it felt as if the sun had appeared from behind dark clouds. Yes, in fact, he has been promoted and heads the entire South Asian region. My younger sister has been admitted in the medical course and I am heading for the US on a year study trip. Shiram felt relieved. Shivani was a research student in the Center for American Studies. He had seen her attend some of the lectures of Professor Das Gupta on classical political economy. She asked many pertinent questions. The group dispersed and Shiram found his way to the library. One hour to do his essential reading before it was time to meet his guide Dr. Ronan J Jha. He was young and full of ideas. Brilliant in fact, and his policy solutions were much sought after in journals and universities abroad and at home. However, it would it was whispered that the government bosses didn't take him too seriously. Shiram was engrossed in his tome when a cheery voice called out, "Oh hi, you're sitting on my table." Shiram moved his books apologetically. It was Shivani, as a senior research student, she had her own desk in the library. I was going to meet my guide Dr. Jha Shyam informed her he's not there he's gone to Delhi school for a seminar Shivani appeared very well informed I know because my friend Ritu had come to invite him she's doing her post graduation in sociology there this is the third time in this week that I've gone up to his room to find him either too busy with his own research or absent Shyam appeared upset he has yet to look through my project proposal I feel I'm working blindly It was late evening when Sri Ram looked up from his books. He was feeling cramped up and heavy-headed. All that fine print and Marx's Das Kapital and those complicated theories explaining man's creed were exhausting. He was very hungry as well. He looked around. The lights had come on. Very few students were there. It was 7:30 p.m. already. He wouldn't get any dinner if he went later than 8:30 p.m. He made his way slowly to the bus stop. no sign of bus number 666 that would take him back to the hostel no other student there either then a slender short figure emerged from behind the bus stop oh shivani i don't think any bus will come now all right we will walk back there is no option both of them trudged up the path that was overgrown with wild trees and bushes interspersed with colorful bougainvillea on the way shivani was laughing at shiram's old fashioned views on women You can't be serious. Why do you think that only women can make mistakes? Shiram smiled in a superior manner. They were born with lesser control over their emotions. He could hear Sita whisper, "Says who?" Ah, Shivani had slipped and fallen on a boulder. "Kya hua?" Shiram asked anxiously as he tried to help her to her feet. 
she moaned and put all her weight on her left foot limping she made her way back to the hostel shri ram who helped her along was overwhelmed by the soft lime fragrance mingled with perspiration that emanated from her he admired her courage to carry on despite her twisted ankle maybe it was the effect of the full moon which had cast a magical silvery glow over everything or perhaps he had studied too much of marks or a combination of all the factors made him suddenly lift her up and set her on a large boulder he then clasped her tightly murmuring shivani you are enchanting she returned the pressure silently suddenly torchlight flashed on their faces there was chiranjeevi grinning widely so shri ram he appeared to have the makings of the terrifying secret police already i have twisted my ankle shivani was cold and contemptuous your torch will help me to limp across without further incident shiram was his usual moderate and helpful self as they left her in the godavari hostel room shivani tossed him a meaningful glance shiram was like feeling lightheaded and deliriously happy after a very long time shivani without her spectacles had bright large hazel eyes yes and if she wore her hair loose it would not reveal her square determined jaw with such pleasant thoughts he made his way to the mess where he was accosted by the chaukidar lakshman singh ah shiram bhai you are very lucky heard you quite a hit with the girls shiram threw him a look of annoyance and ran up to his room there was something about odd about it all yes the familiar buzz of sita's acid comments in his ears were missing must have gone to visit her sons probably relaxed her vigilance on him for some time he was feeling that these universities were not such a bad idea after all good to see such talented women fulfill their potential sleep seemed to elude him after tossing and turning for a while he got up and resolutely went down the campus was bathed in the cool enchanted light of the moon there were couples lounging about on the lawns and groups of young people relaxing after a hard day's studious work animatedly discussing some issue he waved to those he knew but didn't stop to get involved in their discussion shiram found his feet carrying him towards shivani's room on their own volition her room faced the road leading to the bungalows of the faculty members he tried what he had seen other men do he called out shivani the balcony door opened cautiously and shivani's head came into view shiram what are you doing here just wanted to see if you're okay shiram was surprised at the hoarseness of his own voice other inquiring heads popped out from various balconies shivani was not oblivious to them she came out limping a little they moved to a convenient boulder and sat down for some time both were silent shivani stirred a little uneasily immediately shiram was all concerned is it very painful let me massage your feet shivani willingly extended out her slender bandaged foot towards him someone coughed <clears throat> in a particular offensive particularly offensive manner shivani looked up startled a large shadowy form detached itself from the boulder ah hanuman what are you doing here so late at night shiram asked trying his best to keep his annoyance out of his voice sahab i have been given the night duty in peria hostel was feeling tired so i stretched out here the sights are quite interesting at this hour he grinned meaningfully his sharp white teeth gleaming in the darkness they moved slowly back towards godavari the magic had somehow vanished shivani seemed downcast and limped back hurriedly shri ram walked back wishing that hanuman wouldn't make such a nuisance of himself 
He had earlier worked in the Ganga method of Veta and was quite partial to Shriram, reserving the freshest fruit or the glass of undiluted milk for him. He came from a village in Agra and took his name rather seriously, vanishing on Tuesdays ostensibly to worship Hanuman ji. Most days one would find him drunk and he had been involved in many fist fights with students on minor issues. Shriram had often come to his aid and pleaded for peace. His rude and rough behavior often led to complaints. This had been no way to behave either springing out of the dark like that. Musing thus, Shriram made his way up to his room. His heart beat faster suddenly as he saw a crowd in front of the door. His heart did a somersault. There was Sita looking appropriately tired and disheveled. As he hurried to his room, many melted away. However, some people like Ramchandra Dahiya persisted. He unlocked the door and entered behind Sita. Where had you gone at this time of the night? Dahiya demanded. Sri Ram kept an angry retort down and replied placidly. Shivani had twisted her ankle. I just went to inquire. A meaningful look passed be- between Sita and Dahiya. You never told me you were married. Dahiya sounded aggrieved. Sri Ram smiled wearily. Bhai, I would have if you would allow me to speak. Let me introduce you to my Ardhangini. Sita in her crumpled cotton sari smiled knowingly. At that finally Dahiya left. There was a pregnant silence. So, Shriram was extremely angry at this untimely and unannounced arrival of Sita. The corners of her lips turned down in contempt. She replied, "So what?" With an obvious effort Shriram asked, "Why have you come? Can it be a case of absence makes the heart grow fonder?" Sita breathed a le- long deep sigh. Maybe I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a case of out of sight out of mind. After a prolonged silence Sri Ram said, "All right, let's go to sleep now and decide what we should do in the morning." With that he stretched himself out on the bed and Sita rolled out the mat on the floor and made herself as comfortable as she could. Sri Ram knew that the next morning would be difficult. Difficult was a mild way of describing the hurricane that hit him as he stepped into the mess. He was mobbed and jeered at by the other young men. Wah bhai wah you turned out to be a deep one called out Rajesh Tadeej you have such a pretty girlfriend tucked away you appear tired today ah huh? this from Madan Lal the boy who had a room right below his this was followed by many nudges and winks shriram had decided to carry his breakfast up to his room but this didn't go uncommented either only one breakfast what will she have asked comrade deshmukh Hanuman appeared from nowhere and was carrying a full tray of paratha, alu ki sabzi and achar plus the usual milk tea and fruit. How come you are here Hanuman? Aren't your duties in Periyar? Shriram asked as he found Hanuman coming up behind him. Hanuman grinned meaningfully and grinned meaningfully and followed him into the room. Shriram was rooted to the spot as he saw Hanuman bow bow low before Sita and take her blessing. She seemed to find nothing unusual about it. What have you got for me, Hanuman ji? He uncovered the tray and mumbled something incoherent. Ah, I'm so hungry. What delightful paratha. Sita polished off everything as if she had been starving for all these past centuries. Hanuman meanwhile just waited on her. He served her water, then with due deference picked up the tray and went out. Now what? Shriram watched with alarm as Sita tidied her hair. She was dressed in a simple pale pink sari with a black border. 
oh i will attend class with you then maybe go to the marxist study circle you are a member of and then the gandhi peace foundation for which you have to read a paper shriram threw up his arms in despair he knew there was no stopping her as they waited for the bus shriram was aware that they were the sinosure of all eyes hi shriram what devil you are where had you hidden away this pretty girlfriend all the while exclaimed amrita wow you're really beautiful she said to sita sita simpered you know you're very attractive too she said a little grudgingly have you seen the campus no okay after lunch i will show you around they all hurried to squeeze themselves into the bus amrita had taken sita under her wing they were laughing and giggling like old friends when they stepped off the bus we are going to the library amrita informed shriram and they both rushed off leaving a dismayed shriram behind lunch time and no sign of the two Shiram had run up all the three floors of the library looking for Sita. No sign of them anywhere. While walking down despondently, he met Sirohi, who informed him that Amrita had a weekly meeting in the women's studies cell. Shiram's heart sank to his toes. He feared a mutiny at home. Sita walked in well past 10. She appeared in high spirits. Quietly without a word to her husband, she be- she began packing her bags. At last Sri Ram demanded, "Where are you going?" Sita raised an eyebrow. "I can't live in a boys' hostel. I'm shifting into the Jhelum girls' hostel with Radhika." "Oh, and I got late because today there was a seminar on agrarian reform, dowry and women's property rights." Amrita took me to the women's study cell which had organized the seminar. Quite an eye-opener it was. Shiram watched her with an open-mouthed wonder as she held forth on how dowry and female seclusion are aspects of a system of property regulation that restricts women's ability to directly own and control property. Her eyes shining with new determination. As she turned to leave, Shivani limped into the room. She was frozen in her tracks. Sita took command. "Do come in. How's your ankle? Shiram's been so worried about you." Who are you Shivani asked hesitantly Sita smiled sweetly Oh we married many years ago and I'm a mother of twin boys Shivani looked at Shriram with open hatred She turned to leave Sita caught her arm Sit sit I wanted so much to meet you I'm so happy I came I wish I could also be a student here like you It frees your mind and allows you to meet with so many different kinds of people Shiram coughed uncomfortably. Should we go down for some tea? Sita gave him an irritated look. She's just come up. I will go down and get some tea. No, don't bother. I just came to return one of your books, stated Shivani. Her voice quavered a little. Shiram left with a hurried, "I will get some tea." Both women appraised each other. Finally, Shivani said, "Shiram didn't look like a married man with kids." Yes, he appears boyish and then men don't have to wear all the symbols of marriage like we do. Looks are deceptive. Sita breathed a long deep sigh. It's a perception that makes us take wrong decisions. The truth remains completely concealed underneath. Look at me. You probably think that I am an ordinary married woman with the routine joys and cares of the world. Shriram to begin with treated me well. But then suddenly he overheard some innuendos about my conduct. and without giving me a hearing proclaimed me an offender so i was abandoned and there i was expecting my sons all alone a silent tear dropped down from sita's eye shivani was watching her horror struck 
Amrita entered and put an arm around her reassuringly. We will ask Sri Ram how he could behave so irresponsibly. Men, they are such weaklings, always falling for the crudest gossip and rumors. I have asked the other members of MITA to come. We are an organization that protects abandoned women. We try to get the husband or the responsible male to bear the finances of the mother and child. Our long-term goals include helping the women to be financially independent. Sita wiped her tears and secretly she was thrilled that finally she would be able to fix Sri Ram. However, she said, "You know, I don't want to embarrass him. Past is the past." Some more women entered the room and they were clearly in no mood to forgive Sri Ram. Sri Ram was aghast at the crowd of militant women spilling out of the room. He wanted to flee, but involuntarily his feet carried him inside. There were other interested young men lounging around outside. He entered carrying two mugs of tea and was surrounded by a sea of women. He had no means of escape as the entrance was barricaded by a huge dark figure that stared at him menacingly. He glanced at the balcony. Two muscular women with prominent mustaches and beady eyes were watching him intently. Sita was gloating inwardly. She wished she had been born at this time in history. Sri Ram appeared like a trapped animal. With folded hands and bowed head, he pleaded guilty. A hot and lively debate ensued on what to do with Sri Ram. Sita could hear nothing clearly in the cacophony. The only point being that all the women were united against Sri Ram and sympathized with her as an innocent victim. It was Shivani who demanded that he be thrown out of the university. Amrita looked at Sita. Sita, with her eyes fixed on the ground, and with a quivering voice, stated, "I have forgiven him." Let him study here and otherwise he will not be able to earn much and the education he receives here on gender equality will have a much more wide-ranging effect with that she picked up her bag and followed amrita out the gleam of triumph in her eyes was noticed only by tongue-tied shriram the rest of the women filed past giving him freezing looks of contempt shivani was the last to leave and shriram felt her smoldering anger and scorn till much later He sighed and for the umpteen time wanted to kick himself for coming to JNU to prove his popularity and relevance even in this modern age to Sita. He just needed her arrival to blow away the lingering illusions that he had had. Now even his reputation was in shreds. He was sitting with his head bowed when Esram tapped him on his shoulders. "You can't possibly take these women seriously, can you?" Shriram looked at him incredulously. How he wondered could anyone not be crushed under this combined concentrated disdain? Are bhai in life as in politics you have to learn how to handle these devi powers in fact we all feel you did rather well you have the making of a potential leader many of them have relationships outside marriage some even call themselves second wives this when bigamy is a punishable offense he patted shriram on the shoulder in a paternal manner shriram continued to stare at him dumbly where has sita gone shriram asked She had said she would stay and work in Meeta, the women's organization, mumbled Sri Ram. Ah, that's fine. They have a house in Defence Colony. She will be fine there. Sri Ram stated finally, I think I should leave the university. All is lost. Nobody will talk to me. I am a social outcast. Sirohi walked in and he smiled. Are ya, don't take it to heart. You should be brave. We all have to face the women's eye now and then. We are all with you. one always makes mistakes in life we pay and then move on shri ram looked despondent and unresponsive 
He was gradually beginning to re- beginning to realize Sita's agony. His eyes filled with tears and unknowingly years of pain and trauma permeated every pore of his being. His chest was heaving with soundless sobs. The pent of gra- grief of ages was breaking free. He was drowning in the tidal wave of his grief. Both Esram and Sarohi couldn't do anything but watch helplessly. Dahiya entered and slapped him hard on his shoulder. "Pai, how could you do such a thing?" My blood boils and I would be happy only if I could thrash you black and blue. Shri Ram looked up with tear-filled eyes. Yes, yes, kill me. I am not worth anything. Ha ha ha, he is drowning in self-pity. Where have you sent Sita? Uh? I heard she has twin sons. The tall, lanky finger, figure of Ramchandra Sen strode into view. Really, Shri Ram, you turned out to be a deep one. You have created quite a sensation in the university. You have a truly loving wife and twin sons, and here we were under the impression that you are a naive, innocent young man from some small town. Don't worry, yar. These women's organizations really give the men the heebie-jeebies. Did you see those huge Amazonian women with biceps and mustaches? They can thrash you to a pulp, but they left you unharmed. You're quite a charmer, eh? Daya broke the monologue with, "And where are your sons?" Before Sri Ram could reply. The curly head of Star popped in. Seeing so many people, she hurriedly stepped back. Sri Ram followed her to Romanto's room. It was empty. Star took out a cigarette and pulled on it hard. "You in trouble?" Sri Ram nodded. She patted his arm. "It happens. Now that Sita is safe, life is too short to worry." At such kind words, Sri Ram broke down and wept aloud. all the grief of the world encompassing him in its tentacles he felt he would never be able to break free